You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 93 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and there are loads of well-meaning and also pretty good writing advice out there, but there are also those that we just, uh, well, hate. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to share 10 such examples today, and... uh, well, hopefully, I guess. I was going to say because we eat, we split this up. We each came up with five, but knowing us, we could have like I, I expect at least two to overlap. That is my guess. Um, there's a chance yeah, though it could be all five, but <laughs> hopefully we're going to manage. <laughs> hopefully we're going to manage at least eight pieces of unique advice, if not ten. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But we try to p- prepare ten examples at least, and uh, hopefully in the process we'll also manage to. Well, I guess debunk some of the, shall we say, less strong advice that exists out there. I think that'll be fantastic. And it'll be a ton of fun to hear what you find is the worst advice. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to get into this. Yes. But first, so I haven't talked to you for a week. How are things over on the other side of the Atlantic? It's uh, good. It's good. It's it's another one of those uh, coming out of a busy weekend. Uh, I don't know. That happens way too often, it feels like. <laughs> but uh, Saturday, my, my oldest son had he, friends over for his birthday party. Oh, excellent. Uh, he's turning 12. So you can almost guess what activity they had planned for this party, can't you? Mm-hmm. If you're boys, a, only boys for the birthday party and turning 12. They, there's almost only one thing that they can do. All right, you, I, I'm not around twelve year old boys, so I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I claim total ignorance. It was uh, they were just playing computer. Okay. So okay, everybody games. brought their own computer, and then they just sat there for eight hours and played computer. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah, that, that's in their mind. That's a party, you know. <laughs> I mean, we older you... people don't understand. But... Yeah, I was gonna say, aren't you like <laughs> playing like through the internet connection? You're already playing with your friends. So what's the matter? Is they're in the same room? I yeah. Okay. Then you all of a sudden you're sitting next to each other <laughs> where normally you you're not. So that's a huge difference, apparently. <laughs> I can't wrap my. I live in this era, and I can't wrap my brain around the things people do. So this is not a good sign. No. I always no, knew indeed. I was born in the wrong time period. <laughs> Yeah, I think we were. <laughs> yeah. And on Sunday, I was out uh, at a soccer tournament with my youngest. Oh, uh, but nice. actually, then in the afternoon, uh, our oldest actually started f- to feel pretty bad. Oh, no. So, you, know, you know, he had a sore throat yesterday. Oh, dear. And this, yeah, and this morning, he felt uh, a bit constricted in his breathing. No, oh, no. So... Yeah, so we're supposed to have another birthday party for family and friends this coming weekend. So I, I called the doctor this morning and we basically booked a COVID-19 test for him. So he's going to get tested tomorrow. Oh, I don't think crossed. it's the coronavirus. I, I don't think so. It, it, I think it's just like normal 
fall flu kind of thing yeah. I, I think uh, but i don't know uh, so we better be on the safe side so we're gonna get him tested tomorrow uh, well our fingers crossed for him yeah yeah Ho- hopefully it'll be okay <laughs> poor thing yeah yeah that's not good so he's just been home today he's been watching youtube for 11 hours today <laughs> and i was i was like asking him at some point don't you want to do something else <laughs> C- could you maybe read a book or something so no. He was like, uh, "What? No, <laughs> oh, no." It's I. Wow, I just can't imagine. Uh, I mean, I was alone for what three and a half weeks, and I, I barely watched an hour of Netflix a day. So <laughs> I guess I just we just don't have been working all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But getting stuff done, it was fantastic. It, I, I cranked off some big things on our to do list, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, you did for sure. Yeah. yeah, but all the fun and games are over. My husband came home yesterday, so he is doing his darndest to make sure my life is much more distracted. <laughs> I hope as, I hope in a good way. <laughs> in a good way, as is the job of all spouses. Oh, we haven't seen each other for three and a half weeks, so it's like you just get into something and he like mentions, you know, once you get your attention, you just start writing a sentence and it's like, oh, but did you like read the... Oh, yeah, we should just put the stuff away for a couple of days and just talk, and that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's always a bit weird, and I think at least I've mentioned it to you before, but mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast as well. But you know, my my wife is from Finland, so when she goes back to Finland once in a while, it, it's always like the first couple of days is like, oh yeah, great, you, you can do all the stuff that you just want to do for yourself and whatnot. But then like three four days into it it always feels a bit like oh, this is a bit boring now <laughs> yeah that's what i think since uh well probably not so, since we live moved in together this is the longest i have been alone in 20 years um so wow. there was definitely some like i had to find my pace again and find out what it's like to be me again alone and once i did i was fine until you know about dinner time that's my weakness where i'm like i want to talk to somebody so, yeah <laughs> oh, uh, yeah he was definitely oh. missed and I, i'm happy to have company again yeah and i'm sure the dog is happy that he he oh. returned as well he was so happy he almost dissolved into smaller versions of himself <laughs> that, that's the weird thing about uh, trying to imagine what it is like inside a dog's mind right you don't understand that this person will come back you know probably the dog just think that he he disappeared yeah there was like a there was like i saw a light in the sh- in in the forest yesterday there's probably ufo and it took him <laughs> yes. he's never gonna come back <laughs> nope. and he did so i just know it thrilled <laughs> if i only could explain this to my owner she doesn't get it She's no, just we have to go working hide, like nothing him. happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, he kept me busy too. <laughs> A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So I mentioned it a few episodes back, but our very special giveaway on Patreon has gone live today. Con- so exciting. I always love it when we have these little special things because, well, one, they make us do something a little more different and challenging, but it's just fun. It's such a great group over there. It is indeed. And we've decided to give away a golden ticket to the world building course that we are just about done with now. I know. Uh, so that means that there will be a chance to win completely free access to the world building course. 
And it's such a cool course, which I can say because I just finished building it on Saturday. So now it's over to you to look through it. But ah, it, it's just so beautiful and so in-depth. It's an amazing course. <laughs> hey, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It covers so much with putting it together. I'm like, I can see why this took us about two years to put together because it is just so in-depth. So yeah, a golden ticket. This this is a really phenomenal golden ticket. But it's not the only thing because we're going to also do something for everyone who joins because that's just who we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, the the golden ticket will actually give you an exclusive VIP early access to the course. So that's pretty neat already. Um, but yeah, as Autumn says there, because we will only draw one winner for the golden ticket. So yeah, we just mm-hmm. felt like that's, that's a bit sad for everybody else. And what <laughs> yeah. about the existing patron supporters? They We want to give something to them as well. Exactly. So, and so we came up with the idea of doing a, well, we haven't quite sure. We were, we talked about a webinar or pre-recording it, but it's going to be a special event just for everyone who's on Patreon. Yeah. We decided to name it the reader's journey. And uh, this is basically how we uh, using paid advertising to warm up the audience over several different steps. Um, I don't know if I would call this stuff that we are doing here like a new thing, but it's definitely a bit of a different way of thinking about paid advertising. So it's it's like putting your ads into a system and having and have a plan about what you're advertising and when you're doing it and why. And we're gonna share all of that in this exclusive. Either it's going to be a pre-recorded uh, like course module on it, or it's going to be a webinar which we will record. One of the two, at least. <laughs> but we're going to make this available to everybody who signs up to support us on Patreon before the nineteenth of October. That is twenty twenty. In case you are listening <laughs> to this much later, but you have to sign up before the nineteenth of October to get this stuff. Uh, and of course, all existing patron supporters will get it automatically. So if that sounds good to you, you can just follow the link to Patreon in the show notes here. And it's only going to cost you a dollar a month, actually. And I would say that's a pretty damn cheap course module <laughs> yeah. if, uh, that you can get your hands on there. And it's a very cool advertising system. So it's definitely worth a dollar at least. And oh my goodness, for a dollar, you could potentially win the world building course. So especially with the special exclusive access, it's going to be very limited anyway. So it's it's a really great deal. Yeah, I think so. All right. What else on the internet? Oh, have you seen that many people have been joining the M writing fantasy group? I don't think we've could um we've been able to keep up with the people. No, I'm I'm actually I'm I have to admit that I am struggling a bit to keep up uh, in the sense. Of course, I could just go in there every day, but it's <laughs> like I I feel like I approve eight to ten people, and then four hours later, there's another batch sitting there. So it's like it's a it's difficult to keep up, but it's a good problem to have. This is not complaining at all. It's it's nice that a lot of people want to join the uh, the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group. So I really like it, but uh, at the same time, it's it's keeping us busy, letting people in. It is. So if anyone you know gets caught waiting, we're sorry. It's just wow. There's been so many, but the conversations. I mean, just 
you know, one of the recent ones was like, could a plucky teenager defeat your big bad? You know, there's fun things, and that's already got 27 comments, and that's only two hours old, so... Yeah, they're just kind of having fun. And of course, there's lots of encouragement and support and as well as the fun posts. So I just love it over there. But yeah, I, I between sleep and work and, you know, eating, I, I'm not over there as much as needed. And Luke, thank goodness, our moderator has got our backs because it does seem that way. Thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a very lively and active group. So, but we do we do keep the uh, entry sort of that we have to approve people for join. We do keep that enabled. Of course, idea. Well, if we wanted to make it easy on ourselves, we could just disable that and let everybody join. But we don't want to do that because we want to keep it pretty moderated in the group as well. Uh, and we do like to do a nice welcome message to everybody who joins us uh, when they come in. So uh, yes. we try to keep it very moderated and making sure that we don't see all the, well, we do see some, sometimes the post about self-promotion, but we delete them pretty quickly yes. when, when we see them. This is so, a group uh, for yeah. chatting about writing and the problems of being a writer, not promoting your books. <laughs> and on to today's topic. It seems that listeners have liked in the past when we've done our alternating lists order. <laughs> so uh, I think, like we said at the top of the episode, I think we should try to do that same thing here today. I think that sounds good. And I was kind of prepared. So I did mine in, I don't know if you would call it ascending or descending order, but from what doesn't, what I don't think is quite as bad to what I think is some of the advice that drives me crazy. So I don't know if you have yours in that yes, order. Same, oh. I've done the same thing. See, I just, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I've I'm saying we're going to have, have some overlapping. That's just the way we both think. Well, yeah. I must admit I'm, I'm a bit curious if we do have overlapping or not. Uh, but uh, the last few times in the past when we've done these kind of episodes, we have had quite a lot of overlap. Yes. Uh, but I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if, if this might be the one that breaks the mold. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so if we cover five each... Mm-hmm. And uh, if we cover five each, and then maybe, well, if we can, maybe we can say when we cover each of them, maybe we can say a bit about, well, you know, give a bit of justification on why oh. we chose the, the ones we did. Oh, yes, I hope so, because I, I have to explain some of mine. <laughs> I have specific <laughs> okay. reasons why. They might be good advice, but there's parts of it that that I just think are bad. So we'll have to see how how we how much we overlap. I still... I'm going with two. I'm thinking at least two of ours will overlap, but we'll see. Okay, I'll guess one then. Okay, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll both be wrong, don't worry. <laughs> All right, do you want to start? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, yeah, but I actually, yeah, mm-hmm. I will. But I mm-hmm. was also thinking that maybe at the end of it, Mm-hmm. maybe we should try so at the end of it we've heard all 10 maybe some of them overlapping i don't know but maybe we should then try to agree on one that we like from our combined list of 10 items can jointly agree on this is the one we hate the most okay sounds that good be fun? I, just, that'll be fun and just to be sure i actually wrote down my favorite piece of advice if we have to end on a better note <laughs> instead of really bad advice oh I, that's good Yes, I thought that might I be a fun one. Good. All right, so we may have to end on a favorite advice note. So there are there are definitely some things not to ignore. 
Okay, good, good, good. Yes, I was not uh, being positive in my preparation at all, <laughs> so I only have negative ones. <laughs> oh, you'll have to think of a, you'll have you have um, probably about fifteen twenty minutes to come up with one piece of positive advice. <laughs> ah, now you're putting. I should have warned you. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, the, where would the fun be in that? Exactly, it's much more to it's much fun, much more fun to see me squirm and <laughs> and scrape for try to find something. Yes, uh, you'll be doing some quick googling while um I'm giving my my bad advice. <laughs> now, or, or I'll let you go first, and then I'll agree with you. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> but you could probably do that. <laughs> okay, so you want to hear my number five? Yes, let's. I want to hear your number five. Okay, so number five is read everything you can get your hands on read a lot oh I so, that's a good one yeah because, you know i do agree that it is good to read and you will become a better writer from reading a lot i do agree with that mm -hmm. but i also believe that it matters what you're reading yes i mean why would you read a romance novel when you want to write fantasy i mean <laughs> Well, yeah, the, okay, the smarty pants out there will then say, well, it will broaden your horizon, yeah, yeah, and you'll learn new things, blah, 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 blah. Good yeah. romance subplots. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But honestly, I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read what I enjoy reading. Yeah. And then, of course, you could also say, well, then you become very biased to the tropes of the genre and so on and so you on. You can expand yeah. your own. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I probably get very fine-tuned understanding of the genre. Mm -hmm. That's what I get. And what's I don't see the harm in that. And no one said either that I should go off to copy exactly what I've read either. So I still have to be creative with the stories that I'm going to tell. But that advice that I can only develop as a as a writer if I read outside my own genre, I just don't agree with that advice. I mean, terrible, terrible advice. I I agree with you. I did not list this one, but I nearly did. And it's basically for oh. what you said, <laughs> but also because it doesn't say read good books or you know I, I i think even if you read within your genre maybe it doesn't hurt to occasionally read a book that you're like oh my goodness i can't believe someone self-published this or published this or it got published because it's just so oh you know tropey or whatever the writing is not stellar but it really helps to read some really good books by the masters you know read some neil gaiman something really something really gripping so that you learn from the experts so I don't think I've, you know, you sometimes go in and you just pick up something on Amazon because you want to read. And it's just like, wow, don't just read this. Don't you got to feed yourself some, you got to eat the salads, you know, you got to eat the healthy stuff. <laughs> don't just eat the sugar. So I I definitely agree with you. And it, if we had made a list of six, it this one would have been on mine, but I didn't do it. So, so okay. far, we're not overlapping. So you want to well, know, yeah, know what my number five is? I do. All right. My least of the worst, I don't know, is <laughs> write what inspires you. That uh -huh, advice yeah. gets under my skin. And in some ways, I mean, I agree with it. Definitely, if you, you should love, absolutely love the story you're writing. It should fire you up. It should be, I mean, perfectly, it should be the book that you search for your whole life. And you just really want to read it. 
But I think too many people misconstrue this one to mean that they should only write when inspired or that when the story starts to bog down because you know <laughs> you know when you're writing 80, 100,000 words or a series, you know, 300 to 400,000 words, it's going to bog down. And then they switch to a new project that inspires them more. And that doesn't work if you're going to actually, you know, write. I think writing, you know, maybe it should inspire you, but and the, advo- the advice is not specific enough and eventually writing is not going to inspire you and you just gotta sit your butt down and write it or you're never going to finish this book so that's why the advice drives me crazy yeah i was just about to add a uh, well a variation of that one actually yeah. to my list but i didn't but uh, <laughs> but i i could just uh add that one here i guess uh as my number six if i had to because the variation that I was about to add was the uh, write what you know advice. Oh, yeah. I hate that as well. Why do I have to write what I know? I, I'm coming up with fictional stories here. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know how magic works in real life either. So how can I write that? Exactly. I will say nothing more on that one. I have no comment. Oh, okay. Fair mm. enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you want number four? I want number four. Okay, my number four is actually one that we sort of touched upon in the more recent episode 91 of the podcast here. Oh, really? Yeah, because we talked about daily word count in that episode. That's right. So let me guess, it's right every day? Yeah, it is basically the advice that I hate when, uh, when I hear, if you want to be a writer, you have to write every day. I mean, what the beep? <laughs> <laughs> I think we explained the detail in our different viewpoints in in episode 91. So I'm not going to go into all of that again here. But this advice did make it onto my list nevertheless, because I think it is extremely counterproductive to tell someone that they have to write every single day. No, you don't. I mean, like I said in episode 91, I think you should be making progress most days of the week at least. This could also be plotting or planning the story. It doesn't have to be actual writing or maybe you're doing a bit of work on on your author business. I mean, of course, you have to be mindful that you aren't using something like world building as a procrastination tool. (laughs) I know it is so tempting. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) But you don't want to get stressed out by the fact that you have to write every day. But of course, you you can't come up with excuses for yourself not to write either. So, you know, make progress, work on your novel or your author business. But yeah, don't let let it take over your life. I think that's what we said in episode 91 as well. I think we did. We said you you have to have some balance and know that you have, you know, a life and family and other things other than writing, especially when you are trying to balance writing with a career and a family. And yeah, it have some time that you set aside to being an author, whether it's plotting or researching or something, but yeah, make sure the story is progressing in some form in your life, but it might not always be writing every single day. I have to agree with you. Mm. I wonder if this one is on your list as well then. Mm, Actually, it's Mm. not. So you want to know my number four though? Yes, please. Uh, 
well, it's what you had just said. Write what you know. <laughs> so it okay. doesn't, it's not a true overlap because that no, was it's your number not. six. But yeah, I basically said the same thing. I mean, this what we write is fantasy. So how can you know what it feels like to be a dragon or a weasel or an elf or how you know how to use magic or be a vampire? So I think the fact that we use our imaginations and the fact that we don't limit ourselves to what we know allows us to create amazing ideas and stories. And I think our genre is is often considered like escape fantasies. You know, it's basically we want there's something in this world that is bothering us or troubling us. And so we write about other worlds and other possibilities. And that's sort of what a lot of readers are looking for. I mean, there is also now urban fantasy that is a huge chunk of the market, but it's still a different version of this reality. It might be set in modern times or the city. I just watched a show that was set in modern times with a parallel universe. So it's it's still a different version of what we have. And if we didn't expand our minds into the things we don't know, but would like to see happen and ask those questions those things wouldn't exist. So uh, whenever someone tells me, write what you know, I'm like, well, I know I don't like what I've got, so I want to write something else. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like what you just said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I would even say if we look beyond fantasy, you know, if you are writing, I don't know, let's say a romance or a thriller or whatever, I still don't understand the the advice of write what you know. So why is it that you can only... So, okay, if... Uh, well, I think at least last time I checked, I'm a male. So <laughs> why cannot, why could I not write female characters, for example? Exactly. Or why could a woman not write a male character? It's... Why, why do you have to box yourself into, well, this is the kind of things that I know about, so that's what I need to write. Uh, why? I, I just don't get it. I 100% agree. And I think, I mean, I think I heard this advice even all the way back in high school. And even then I'm just like, but if I was stuck to what I know, which is what live growing up in small rural Christian Pennsylvania, I'm bored already. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to box myself into this. I want so much more, you know, I want Hogwarts. So yeah, no, I think it's just really bad advice. So if anyone ever tells you that, just look at them and be like, I'm so sorry for you and move on. <laughs> yeah. And I would even say to the listener, you know, if, if you, if you understand what this is, this advice is about, and if you sort of understand the arguments about why it's important, then please let us know, you know, oh, yeah. comment or something, because I, I would like to understand what the behind lying logic is of this advice, because I just don't get it. And maybe I'm just thick and that's fine, but then please explain it to me so I get it, <laughs> because I want to understand. I was going to say, it's not just you, it's both of us. We're like, this one's no. <laughs> yeah. All right, so okay. what is your number three? Well, I actually saw George R. R. Martin giving this advice on his website. Oh I don't know goodness. if it's still on his web website, but I noticed it at some point. And I don't like it. Oh my goodness, something from George R. R. Martin you don't like? Heathen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I'm I'm walking on thin ice here. You now. are. <laughs> this is what I, I, I like to do, right? I always put myself <laughs> in situations where <laughs> I don't know what's gonna come back in my face in I, ten minutes. You're gonna hear about but, this one uh, from some readers or listeners, definitely. Could be. But the advice is 
So he said, quote, don't start writing a novel, start with a short story, end quote. Oh. And I believe he also went on to say that if you start out trying to write a novel or a series, it is like wanting to climb Mount Everest from day one. Hmm. And I honestly don't feel that this is advice is helpful at all. I agree with I mean, you. It, it, if one wants to write short stories, then by all means, that's great. But why in the world should you force yourself to write a short story if you don't want to? I mean, if you find no enjoyment from short stories, you probably don't even read short stories, I would guess then. Mm-hmm. Then why would you do so? I don't get it. I, I, it honestly, because I, I think you and I both started with novels. We just dove head on. I mean, I started with a trilogy yeah. that's not even published. It's you sitting know. in some moldy drawer somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. And when the, I did switch to short stories, you know, I could whip off 120,000 words, not a problem, but to do 10,000? Oh, that's hard. That's really hard. I mean, some people are marathon runners. Some people are sprinters. If you're a marathon runner, you're not going to be a good sprinter. So don't beat yourself up for not being a sprinter if you're designed to write 500,000 words. Then go for it. At the end of the day, you should write something that you are excited about writing. Yeah. And and as well, I think I would say that writing a short story is not exactly the same thing as writing a full-length novel, like you're saying a marathon versus sprinting there, right? Yeah. I mean, sure, a lot of the same knowledge and skills that you will learn from writing short stories, you can transfer over into novel writing, but it's still not exactly the same thing. No. I mean, it's 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 so stupid. It's like... You don't start writing a romance novel to learn how to write a fantasy novel, right? I mean, it makes no sense. (laughs) Why would you do that? That's very true. It's, you should, yeah. I mean, I remember feeling overwhelmed as starting my first book and I realized that I wanted to make it a trilogy and thinking, oh my goodness, should I really be starting off as a trilogy? It turned out fine. It was fine. Challenge yourself. If you, what you want to write as a trilogy, make that your goal. Do it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're a newbie or, you know, you've written 20 books. Go for it. Yeah, I did the same thing. I started out with a trilogy, and of course, I had to rewrite book one like three times. But, <laughs> yes, uh, I, but you know, we got there. Yeah, but, but who cares? I mean, that's what I wanted to write, and that was what I was excited about. And if you're not excited about it, you're not going to keep up the momentum and, and the drive to get through it all, because it's a lot of work, and you only realize that once <laughs> you start writing. And I know our listeners know all of this already, right? But exactly. It, if if you th- think that, okay, George R. R. Martin said that I should write 25 short stories oh, before I do anything else. Don't do it, no. You're going to kill yourself even yeah. before you get to the stuff you wanted to write. Yeah. I would be so bored. I mean, short stories are interesting, but they are not my cup of tea. And I'd rather write a novel. I'd rather write yeah. a trilogy. Yeah. So that was my number three. Uh, that's a good one. That one wasn't on my list. So, so far. Ah, you see, so far, <laughs> I'm closest to be right that only one overlap. I know. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. So my number three is to get an idea of what dialogue sounds like, listen to conversations around you. I just, uh-huh. I hate that piece of advice. My, I just, every time I hear it, I'm like, just no, <laughs> just don't listen to this advice. Cause you know, if you ever listen to people around you, they make no sense when they talk, they're referring to things you have no clue about. They're using like, you know, short catchphrases and filler words and tons of filler words and wandering pointless conversations. And that's not 
dialogue in a novel. So don't do that. Every word in your novel should have a purpose, especially dialogue. It's, it is writing. It's not a chat with your BFF. So, you know, don't listen to this advice. If you want to learn to write dialogue, read some really good dialogue. Heck, go back to read Greek plays. Like plays have fantastic dialogue. Read those. Don't listen to people at a cafe. They, they are not going to teach you anything about dialogue, except maybe what not to do. <laughs> yeah, I think probably the only thing I would say you could pick up there is maybe not dialogue input, but more like the different way people speak. You know, mm, you, you could toned. you could get a bit of inspiration for different kinds of voices. Right. So that part may be helpful. But other, I would also say that it, it's a ton more helpful if you, if you just made a list of your characters and then you sort of said, okay, how do this person react when they're when they are stressed out, when they're happy, when they are angry, and, and just write down how do they react and then making mm -hmm. sure you have something different in all the boxes. That's a hundred times more helpful in terms of building varied dialogue and, and having characters sound different from one another versus uh, <laughs> listening to people in a cafe for sure. Yeah. All right. All right so. Hmm. I don't have that one on my list either. Oh my goodness. Oh, unless we have the next two, I am totally wrong. Oh, all right. Well, to see. <laughs> so what is your yeah. number two? Yeah, and I don't think you have this one on uh -oh. your list, Autumn, either. Uh-oh. And you probably didn't expect it either. Oh, this is good. This has got to be a good one then. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting into the top two spots now. So we have to increase the seriousness oh, of, the, right. <laughs> of the items on the list here. <laughs> I should have brought the music along. We have the little tension music playing. Sorry. Yes, we should have like a drum roll. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> it is show, don't tell. Oh. You didn't expect that, huh? Nope. Nope. Did not expect that one at all. Darn it. No. Uh, I mean, when you show instead of telling, it does make for a much more engaging and immersive reading experience, for sure, right? So I'm fully on board with that, and I'm I'm not contradicting at all that show instead of tell is important, and it is, from that point of view, good advice, but yet it is not good advice. <laughs> I guess that requires some explanation. <laughs> yeah, <doesn't> <laughs> I want to hear your explanation on this one. Yeah. Well, the thing is that this advice is thrown around so often that you can almost get obsessed about how to perfectly show rather than tell. <laughs> and there is just no such thing as the perfect writer. No. And there are also times in a novel where it is actually okay to tell. You don't have to show all the time. And I think above all, don't get obsessed about how to do it correctly. You know, I think especially this one advice, show, don't tell, that's one of those things that you put on your list of things that you want to improve over time. Because it is not something that you are going to grasp or internalize very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like this particular piece of writing advice often becomes a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. And because you start obsessing about how important it is, because it is important in the sense, like I said before, right? It does bring forth more engaging and immersive reading experiences. So it is extremely important. But if you get too obsessed about it, especially in the beginning, you're going to end up in 
200 edits of your manuscript and you're not going to get anywhere, right? Um, and I, I'm sure that this happens all the time. And for that reason, I had to put it on the list. <laughs> that... Even though in, in isolation, it is good advice. Right. No, I won't disagree with you. And I have nothing more to say on it right now. So no, yeah, that's okay. no, fine. So do you want to know my number two? Yes. All right. So my number two is Just Right, which is sort of like the one you had mentioned before of Write Every Day, but it's a little different. And I won't say I mm-hmm. hate it 100%, just that you need to grow out of it quickly, because you and I are both plotters. And I think at a minimum, even pantsers, because I mean, I know I started as a pantser, and I still have a little bit of pantser tendency. I'm more of a hybrid. Uh, you should take a look at story structure and make a very quick outline of your goals, your themes, your characters, your seven stages of plot development. And if you just write, just vomit words onto a page, you can end up with such a mess. And that and you don't even know if it's editing or it's not good storytelling and you don't know why. And that can be just as frustrating as not writing. So that's why I have just write. I just think it's, you know, if it's the only way you can get into writing and you have something driving you and you want to write, but then you need to learn to develop your story structure. You need to learn to plot. You need to learn to develop the format of what makes a great story. And you're not going to get that if you just spend your time writing and word vomiting. Oh, Word vomiting. <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. All right. So, are we one then? Are we down to number one? Oh, geez. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. Number what one. is your number one? Yeah. I, I have to say that it wasn't easy to figure out which one should warrant the first place spot in this bad list of things. <laughs> oh, see, and that were different. I knew that was the first one I wrote down. <laughs> Oh, okay, it's my number one pet peeve. So right, oh, I, I I felt like I had to really think about it because oh. it didn't only have to be a common writing advice that I hate. It also had to be one that I hated more than all the other ones. Yes, that's very <laughs> so. True. Yeah, this was one that I sort of gone. I got hung up on this one when I okay. first started out writing, um, because you basically hear it everywhere. Okay, I think it's like almost the holy grail of coming writing advice because it claims to fix your writing and make everything wonderful oh Hmm? i have to hear this one what is this yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm talking about the advice to remove all your adverbs oh that one I ignored that yeah. one so fast that I don't even think it exists. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's good Good on you then, because <laughs> I, I think that good writers do use adverbs, and I honestly believe that they do have a place as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, it has to be done with moderation, and you do need to be careful not overusing the adverbs. But as long as you can find a way to walk that line, you know, please don't do what I did. And when I first started out with my first manuscript, you know, I had come across this advice. So I did a search in my manuscript once I was done and basically started searching for adverbs with the aim to change them all to something else. And it is really not a very productive use of your time. No, it's not. <laughs> And it's it's not like your your writing will get elevated to a godlike status afterward. Either. No, so in fact, you might lose something by doing that. 
Yes, yes. So, yeah, I think I would just want to say, you know, cut yourself some slack, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't uh, don't get too hung up on this uh, stuff here. And uh, I don't know, just because it it gave me such a headache when I first started out. So that's well, what I put on number one spot. Yeah, you know how I got over that one? Because I, I heard that one too. I was taking a novel writing class, uh, after, right. you know, adult education class after work. And it was one of the first things they told me was, but then there was someone else who was, you know, doing their manuscript they were reading, and they had used an adverb that I had used and gotten torn apart for, and they were praised for it. Okay. And I kind of said, what the bleep? <laughs> I went home, and this was a mixed class, so I, and I was one of the few fantasy writers there. Almost everyone else was doing memoirs. And so I pulled out a whole my favorite fantasy writers, Ursula Kayla Gwynn. I think I even had George R. 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 Martin because um, Game of Thrones, the first book, has been out that long. So I had that one on my shelf. I had Mercedes Lackey, all of them. And I photocopied a full chapter. And I went through and I highlighted all the adverter, ad, adverbs. I underlined all the adjectives. And then I calculated the average per page. And I said, screw you all. <laughs> the average is three to five per page. I'm going to just do that. And you can just take your advice and shove it. So that's why that advice doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> well, for one, I think good on you. And secondly, <laughs> that it was so much smarter than what I did. <laughs> uh, I, when you get me riled, ask my husband. Actually, don't ask him. You don't want, you, I don't want those stories public. So <laughs> never ask him. <laughs> All right. But yes, I, that one did really drive me crazy. But I, it's been so long and I kind of literally torched it in my brain that I think I'd actually forgotten that one. And I have to admit, if I went back, I probably would add to my list if I had seven. My seventh one way, way back would have been to always use said as a dialogue tag. I hate that. Right, yeah. Especially for fantasy writing. It just doesn't apply we use a lot more it's that might be work in certain genres but it does not work in fantasy writing but that's not my number one do you want to know what my number one is what is your number one it's show don't tell oh <laughs> the only I was one we sure. have no yes okay but you know when i wrote in my show don't tell i was sure that autumn is not going to have this one on her uh, list oh that's so funny <laughs> no that is my number one pet peeve and i think it's sort of because i just didn't it was sort of like the adverb thing i just didn't quite understand it i didn't understand what it meant people would be like show don't tell show don't tell show don't tell i'm like what does that mean yeah. Yeah. what does that actually mean fine give me a definition of that and it is actually good advice like you said it, it it's when it's explained it's good advice but it's also incredibly misleading because even though it says you know if your character is angry don't tell your reader he is angry you want to show that she's angry by throwing things and speaking loudly and doing mm -hmm. actions and that's that in that way it is very good advice like you said but there are times like you said when you're writing you do tell if a character is moving across country and nothing happens you don't tell your reader about it you just sum it up in like Two sentences. You, you, you know, whatever they were here, they got to here. End of journey. Perfect. And there's a total current trend of I see a lot with new writers that they feel like they have to show 
every minute of a character's life. They cannot tell you anything about that character. You can't skip time. And I really mm. don't care about learning about how someone brushes their teeth unless it's important to the story. So <laughs> <laughs> there are times when you're writing, you tell. And I, I've been doing a lot of editing recently. So it just seems like I keep coming across these painfully detailed scenes that are shown of characters doing things and when you finally finish the story you're like why just why just cut that mm. wrap it mm. up they got ready for work there you go <laughs> that's the yeah. whole morning routine so yeah that's my current pet peeve sorry so we had one which means you're right you're the one who guessed we'd have one the same so damn yes, yes. <laughs> you, you won this one <laughs> i don't know what you win but you won <laughs> I want the honor of being right. Yes. That feels good. All right. Well, this I'm one already you... feeling better, actually. I humbly <laughs> bow to you. You are correct in episode... Um, now I forget which one we're doing. It, 93. You, you are know, correct. It, it took almost 100 episodes before I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. One out of 100, so that's not too bad. Yeah. Maybe once we get close to episode 200, then I'll get another one right. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep but I. Yeah, but I guess as well, uh, from a conclusion point of view, I, I guess since that's the only one we both had on the list, then I guess that's the one we jointly hate the most then, isn't it? Yes, I think so. I think that is definitely probably our, our joint painful one. Um, like I said, I probably would have agreed with you on the adverbs, except that I, I thoroughly <laughs> kicked that one in the butt early on. Yeah, uh, I uh, think that was cool. Yeah. I should have done the same thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I even did a blog post about it and, and shared my results because I was so angry. <laughs> ah, I should have read that one then. <laughs> you should have. If we'd found each other sooner, you I, that would have been hilarious. But yeah. oh well. So uh, do you want to know? I actually have two pieces of writing advice. And then I have a quote. I did my homework. You should be so wow. proud. I know. What happened? It only took almost 100 episodes, but I did homework. <laughs> yeah. <for this> one. <laughs> um, all right. So I actually have two pieces of favorite advice if you want to hear them. Yes, please. Uh, the first one is you can't edit a blank page. And I do appreciate that one. Every time I feel like my writing is going poorly or whatever is going on, I just remind myself, it doesn't matter. I need to just write it. I need to push through whatever stumbling block I have because you can't edit something that doesn't exist. So you just need to write it and then you can go back and fix it. So that is definitely one of my heartfelt ones, but one of my most absolute favorite ones that I have kept pasted on my writing space is paint with the words you leave unwritten. Because I, to me, that symbolizes the magic of writing and the magic of reading is that we're only half half the spell and the other half is the reader. So you have to leave room for the reader to take what you're writing and construct parts of it for themselves. And that's mm. what makes a story magical to me. So that one is definitely my favorite piece of writing advice is to paint with the words you leave unwritten or unsaid. Oh, I love that one. Yes. I can't top that. Uh, well, I can end with a lovely quote that is kind of a fun summary to all the pieces of advice that we just have given, but be they good or bad. Okay, yeah. And, and this is good. from Michael Moorcock. He says, ignore all pro-offered rules and create your own, suitable for what you want to say. 
All right, so next Monday we're going to discuss if there is a particular word that you need to stop starting sentences with. <laughs> that almost sounded like common writing advice. <laughs> if you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.